0: Hello and welcome to Ideagen TV powered by Azure and presented globally by Microsoft. Today we
1: welcome Christine Gaylow, Senior Director of Programs at the Ion Houston and Chair of Ideagen Houston, Galveston, and Philadelphia. Welcome Christine.
0: So I'm so thrilled to be here today. Um, Today we are talking about the Sustainable Development Goals in 17 Days of Sustainability. Today we're talking about Goal 2, which is ending hunger, achieving food security, and improving nutrition and promoting sustainable agriculture. And I could think of no two better people to have on our panel today than Casey McAuliffe and Honey Alexander. So I'll call them both up to our virtual stage. They'll share a little bit more about the work they do down in Galveston and a little bit more about the organization that they're a part of. So Casey, why don't you come up first to the virtual stage and just tell us a little bit about yourself, as well as Galveston's own farmers market. Sure, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you
1: for inviting me and inviting Honey. Um, so I am the executive director for Galveston's own farmers market, which is a nonprofit based in Galveston Island. Um, it was formed in 2012 as just a farmers market, which was you know your pretty standard weekly meeting place where folks arrive to buy vegetables and meats and eggs and breads and honey from local producers. Um, and now fast forward almost 10 years later, Galveston own farmer's market is we still have that weekly farmer's market and it's grown quite a bit in scope and in its rootedness in the community, but we also have several other programs that are all centered around, um, alleviating food insecurity, increasing food access, and building community around what we see as the most common denominator between anyone, and that is food and eating. And um, we have, you know, our, our main arms of programming are the weekly markets and then our food access initiatives that support that, which means basically we're a SNAP retailer and we have a lot of other programs to bolster the budget of any kind of, lo- any low-income shopper. So whether you use Snap or whether you are on WIC, um, we have a lot of different initiatives that give you more money for free to shop at the market and buy Whole Foods. Then we have our Young Gardeners program, which is based in um, a partnership with our local independent school district. And I won't talk too much about that because I want Honey to talk about it. Um, And then we have several other programs that all support that work. We have community cooking classes and community dinners. We have a food delivery program that started in the midst of the pandemic. And we also have one of our newer programs, which is another community garden program called the Victory Gardens Program, where we build food production gardens in public spaces, uh, specifically to grow food to give away to the folks in that, who are served by that garden. So it's a lot, but it all, is about food and making food equitable and teaching folks about food, so.
0: And Casey, I, I love that because it's this it's this multi-level level and multi-prong approach um, to, to one of the biggest challenges that our world is facing. And I love the work that you've been doing locally, Um, And Galveston building that sustainability into everything you do. And of course, uh, now, as I call Honey up to the stage to introduce herself, um, that involves teaching and educating and, and working with our youngest members of Galveston as well. So Honey, come on up to the virtual stage and tell us a little bit about
2: yourself. Sure. Well, my name is Honey Alexander, and I am the newest program director of Galveston's Own Farmer's Market Young Gardeners Program. And I have been with the program uh, that Casey basically just described uh, since 2017. And I started there as somebody who was interested in the community, interested in helping kids. And I began as a waterer and fell in love with the program and what what it's all about. And our mission basically is to get kids hands in the dirt, teach them about food, teach them about health, and find a way to make sure that they understand that they have the power to control their food, they have the power to control their environment. If they learn these basic skills, they can help stave off hunger. They can have sustainable gardens within their own homes. So fighting hunger is a big part of this. And within the program, we not only teach the children how to garden and how to plant, but we send them home with the, the food that they've harvested. So our goal is every week we send children home with a, at least a pound of produce that they've grown with their own hands. And sometimes we exceed that and they get to go home with recipes. We teach them how um, we use dual language recipes so that if uh, some uh, some of our parents are uh, Spanish speakers, we give them the information on how they can use these wonderful vegetables that the kids have grown that they might not have seen in the the purest form of harvesting. They can take it home, they can cook it, they can eat it share it with their families. So our goal is centered around teaching children how to live better and healthier lives and be in charge of that for themselves, really. I I love that because you're adding on not just
0: kind of the the educational concept in a textbook sense of the word, but in a very hands-on, I think you said this phrase earlier, hands in the dirt, right? Getting, getting in the dirt, growing the vegetables themselves, and then literally reaping the reward um, of what they've been doing. So I love this approach. I love what we're saying here. And before we get really too far into the weeds, so to speak, I'd love maybe Casey, tell us a little bit about what goal two really means to you? It's a big goal. There are a lot of moving parts, but um, maybe in a sentence or two, uh, what does goal two mean to you? Well, you're right. I mean, it's a big goal. Zero
1: hunger is, I mean, it's massive. And I think for me, you know, as I, especially as I was looking over, you know, the website, the UN website with the goals and reading over it, I think for a lot, I mean, not so much for me and our team because we're so immersed in this this food insecurity work, and you know, we use the term food insecurity and food access a lot more than we talk about directly eliminating hunger. But it's it's the same thing, you know. I mean, and I think for me, that might be the most poignant element is when you think of eliminating hunger or just the term hunger. It, conj- I think, for a lot of folks, it conjures an image of something elsewhere, something. Um, not at home, you know, not here, not in this country, or not, you know, it it has all kinds of implications that I think are really um, easy to remove yourself from the picture. And I mean, the reality is, I mean, in in Galveston alone, you know, recent studies from just a couple years ago done by UTMB, I mean, the majority of households with school-age kids cut the size of their meals. You know, they... Like in Texas alone, according to the CDC, only 10% of people in Texas eat rec- the recommended intake of vegetables. And, you know, there's, it's here, it's home. Eighty Over 80% of the kids that are in the Young Gardeners program come from food insecure households. They come from low income households. And that translates to there are kids that are hungry, right? There are, there are adults that are hungry. And... Um, So it's real. It's not otherworldly. It's not somewhere else. It's not based in a culture you don't understand. It's not, it's right here. And for us, you know, GoFM, the Young Gardeners program, our food access work, all of that, we're not eliminating hunger wholly by any means, by any stretch of the imagination. But we are seeing what's going on in our community and trying to learn from what we are told by the folks we work with and what we observe and trying to build a stronger network that supports that and eliminate what we can use with the resources we have available to us and the partnerships we have available to us and chipping away at it as much as possible, so.
0: And I love that you're laying this foundation here for us where it's, it's reframing the goal into a, a perhaps more of a bite-sized chunk. Um, It's taking Absolutely. some of that language and saying, you know, eliminating hunger is not something that happens over there or, or in a faraway land. It's happening right here where where our neighbors might not have access to the food security that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we'll turn it over now to Honey. Um, if you could talk about some of the challenges that maybe you've faced, especially um throughout your work in, in educating in the Young Gardeners Program, um, what challenges have you faced in terms of literacy or, or maybe um, other challenges that might arise? And, and talk a little bit about how you've mitigated them.
2: Sure. Uh, some of the challenges that, uh, that we faced are basically, first and foremost, just introducing the children to the garden, getting them to understand that the food that they see in the supermarkets it is available Right there, that they can grow it and the very that it's available in various ways. We've also had challenges with um, overcoming things like literacy, language barriers, um, making sure that the entire family understands what our goals are and what we're doing, and to really. Teach and instill within the community, within the school districts, that we're not just a gardening program. We're not just fun people going out planting flowers in the garden, but we really are trying to educate and show the, the families, the communities, the school district, that we can change these children's lives by teaching them now about food, about nutrition, about how to gain that access to things that they otherwise, in certain areas of Galveston and and maybe within other parts of the city or different cities, there may not be uh, local stores that they can get to easily. But with teaching them this, how to grow it themselves, they can overcome that on their own and with the help of the program. So a lot of our challenges are based around just basic um, education of how good vegetables are, how you can access them yourselves, and how to um, cross those some of the language barriers and even some cultural barriers to different kinds of food that are available. Who eats what kind of food? What kinds of food our families eat within their households, and then introducing them to new new types of vegetables or new different ways of eating nutritional healthy food.
0: Mm-hmm. And I love that literacy building approach because it's, it's not just empowering the individual, it's empowering the family. And it's magnifying that effect from one person in one family, now suddenly to a whole ecosystem where Casey, you talked a little bit um, earlier about the partnerships that have been available to you mm-hmm. and being able to very strategically utilize the existing assets and resources Um, in in the local community. So I'd love now to kind of turn the dialogue to you. And if you could comment a little bit on the role of partnerships and collaborations in helping you spread forth the mission um, of all of the work you do at Galveston's Own Farmers Market, as well as in the community.
1: Oh, well, I mean, I'd love to talk about that because, I mean, honestly, nothing that GoFM is able to achieve nothing that we do, whether it's the young garden program and getting kids who actually go home with real crunchy, delicious vegetables, or whether it's getting customers at market, you know, more money so that they can buy foods at market, whatever the end result is, it is all because of partnerships. You know, we I, I don't understand how any kind of organization who tries to achieve these kinds of large, lofty goals could do that without weaving in people who have their own set of resources, their own networks, their own strengths, their own connections to people, because all of this work is about people connection. You know, the Young Gardeners Program wouldn't be worth anything if each of our schools wasn't made of a teacher who makes a connection, a real person connection with the volunteers who then makes connections with the kids themselves. I mean, relationship building. But then also you have to have a partnership the the reason we're in that school is because of our partnership with the independent school district and specifically the after-school programs themselves, you know, they're their own ecosystems as well. And we have to have a partnership with them in order to build these gardens, have children who are enrolled in our program, have support from the facilities department to help maintain, you know, the lawns around the gardens. I mean, it's all, it's all this scaffolding of work. Um, The same thing goes for our food access initiatives. Um, You know, one of the things early on, when we first became a Snap retailer back in 2014, you know, there was all this like local praise and like pats on the back and we felt really good. Like, oh man, you know, we accept Snap now, that's so great. There's no farmer's market in the area, none in Houston and none in any of the surrounding counties that accepted food stamps as a farmer's market. So we felt great about that. But it became very evident very quickly, like, well, great, we can accept Snap. But are any Snap customers coming? <laughs> you know, or is there like the one family that we like burst into applause when they show up at market? But is that it? And so we very quickly had to pivot and go, okay, how do we start getting more folks utilizing this this outlet, this resource, and that required partnerships. You know, we had to develop relationships with other entities here on the island and in the county that had relationships with folks who need support specifically around eliminating hunger and having more access to food. So we started working with the Family Service Center, um, Resource Crisis Center, um, the school districts themselves, just lots of different service providing entities um, and letting them know what we do. And then out of those partnerships, out of building those relationships, new programming was even built. Um, That's where our community dinners program came out of was finding out that there was existing parenting classes that were available for free to bilingual families who um, by enrolling in those classes, the free classes, they get free diapers and food and things like that. We found out about that. We thought what a great opportunity to speak directly to the folks who we would love to come and use SNAP at the market. What can we do to support that? Okay, well, you guys have this parenting class one night a week at dinner time, Families show up, we can provide a dinner. So out of that, we developed a school new program that now is much bigger and much more involved and we serve dinners all over the island. Um, so it really is just, I mean, you know, it's a cliche term, but not reinventing the wheel, just like recognizing what's out there, having a clear goal in mind of what we're trying to go for and seeing who's already doing that or who's already in that wheelhouse that we can work with and then what can we provide so that we have this give and take relationship.
0: Um, because, I mean, partnership is where it's at. <laughs> and I, I love listening to how you're phrasing that, too, because, you know, everyone kind of says, well, this is what I'm doing and, and I'm going to do it my way. And and I think, you know, a lot of what you're saying is, you know, that's probably not the best approach because the the, the better approach is to say, what are my partners doing and how can we fill in each other's gaps? And And that's an approach that... I think is so uh, well articulated and so needed. Um, so, so I'll tee this next question up and maybe Honey or Casey, you can jump in. What makes a good partner? Um, you know, is it someone who's, who's willing to, to listen or have that conversation or how do you go about in both of your experiences and your director roles, how do you go about kind of identifying those partners to help collaborate? I want Honey to answer that one because Honey,
1: as as a new direct, as a new program director, even though she's been with our organization for several years, uh, I have very much enjoyed watching her sort of seamlessly slip into our partnerships as the new program
2: director. So, it's you. <laughs> okay. So the partnership part is is um, one of the more fascinating parts, I think, of of me in this new position. is developing those relationships. It's literally going out and meeting with the principals of the schools, or as Casey spoke about the, the people who do the facilities and maintain the yards, um, collaborating with people who can provide services to us that are out there. I, I met with a woman last night who said, I have things for you just ask, is developing those relationships and making making the connection with the people who have the resources, who have the desire, who are also in line with what we're we're wanting to do to provide access to food, to uh, help eliminate or or provide these these skills in these areas where they don't exist, and finding what, what people in our community have those skills that we're seeking, and how can we connect and have them not only follow what we're doing but give us advice on how they do what they do why they do what they do and how we can work together to build that
0: i love that approach because that that underscores kind of the whole thesis of of what we're doing here it's that collaboration partnership approach where it it starts with a conversation how can i help you or I have resources for you. And, and I think those conversations are so needed as, as we create the programs, or maybe we learn that, you know, maybe that first program we thought we needed, maybe we didn't need it. Maybe we needed to tweak it a little bit based on a conversation we heard. So I love this dynamic nature of the work that you both are doing um, through Galveston Zone, Farmers Market, and not just on the island but as you begin to kind of expand to the county and bring on more partners and have more impact. And so I know the journey ahead um, is, is an adventure and each day brings its new thing. So I, I also know you both are seasoned leaders. And so I'd love to go to Casey. As the executive director, what advice might you have for others who are interested in getting involved, or maybe they've wanted to tackle goal two but just don't quite know how to get involved, we'll go to you first, and then we'll give Honey a little bit of a break, but we'll come back to her. <laughs> um,
1: for me, it, I feel like I'm constantly reminding myself of you know like three things, and that's trust my gut like trust my, trust my instincts, trust my gut. When something feels wrong, poke at it and figure out what feels wrong. You know, if something feels right, go with that, don't overthink it too much. And then that leads me to the second one, which is also check yourself, (laughs) check yourself constantly. Um, I think, especially if you work in this kind of work, um, particularly around food access, particularly around the ideas of eliminating hunger. If you want, if you work in that field or you want to work in that field, and particularly if you look like me, I think if you are a white person in that field, you need to check yourself. Um, it's not exclusive. I think everyone needs to check themselves because we all come to our work with preconceived notions, with biases, with things that we absorb from the society around us um, and how we grew up. But it is for me particularly important to make sure I'm always checking myself on on the assumptions I make about how something should work. As you said, Christine, you know, feeling you can just never be so sure that you have everything right or that you know how something is um, because you just don't. There's too many stories and um, too many ways to get something wrong once you're positive you've got it right. Um, and then the last one I think is is, is listening is listening. You know, I feel like um, I'm so proud of our team and what we do. And everyone is so smart and comes to the table with so many talents and resources and listening to everyone. And, and not only to make sure that everyone is heard, because that is really important, but just because of what you're going to learn, um,
0: this couldn't be more important. So. I love that, that notion of coming to the table, but also checking yourself, because I only know my own stories. I can't possibly know yours mm-hmm. until I ask. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that advice is, is so poignant, especially for the world that we're living in today. Um, so honey, over to you. I, I know we said we give you a break, but I know you've got some really good thoughts on this too.
2: Yeah, I do. I think um the advice that I would give is to tell anybody who's interested in doing this kind of work to come with a sense of wonder, a sense of intrigue, a sense of awe and use the skills that you bring to the table but find out what skills everyone else has regardless of their education level, their experience level because you know as Casey mentioned Everyone has something to offer. Everyone has an idea of how things can or should be done. Some ideas are absolutely phenomenal and will blow you away. And others, maybe they don't work. But when you take the time to listen, you take the time to say, huh, I wonder if we could make that work. I wonder how magnificent this could be if we implement that idea from that person over there who maybe just has a high school degree. diploma. Maybe that person with the doctorate has some phenomenal ideas, but being open and being authentic and being ready to hear and experience the things that other people bring to the table, I think is the most fascinating part. And and (laughs) soaking up everything that the kids give I can't tell you how much joy we, that I get the experience from watching the children learn and experience and taste and tell you just got to stay open and authentic and be pure and, and receive, receive, receive. Yeah. I love that. And
0: I could listen to both of you talk all day. I think we all could. This panel has been phenomenal. There have been nuggets of wisdom in every single second of Casey um, and Honey, what you both have said. And so to all of our listeners, our audience members, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, We hope you have a great day. And we know that if you're ever in our area, um, please do look up Casey and Honey and Galveston's Own Farmers Market. They are doing phenomenal work, sustainable work. Um, and they are working towards um, achieving goal too. So thank you all for listening. Take care.